You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, hey, hey, you hear that music, you know that the Pittsburgh Steelers and Steeler Nation is celebrating. It feels really good to get funky, and that's exactly what the Steelers did on Sunday night, Sunday night football in prime time, and they beat the Las Vegas Raiders in Sin City. Oh, it was definitely sweet. It was heavenly for me to just to be in the vicinity of that stadium and the vicinity of the victory. KT, how are you, my friend? Hi, doing great, Brian. And and for those who don't know, yeah, Brian's out in Vegas. I'm yes. looking at him right right now. He's uh he's he's running semi nude down this down the strip right now as we speak. So. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. All right. Okay. That I, might not be true. But I I will tell you that I'm I'm in a hotel room. I am in the fabulous Luxor. And I'm going to be here for a few more days. Is that the but pyramid? Doing, is that yeah, for the pyramid? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, my room is on a slope. If you, yeah, nice. If you see, because the curtains look weird, that's sloped. So uh, nobody can see that except for Kevin. So I have to explain it. But yeah, the whole hotel is shaped like a pyramid. You can see that in the background because you can see this hotel, and it was lit up really nice. You can see Mandalay Bay right behind the stadium when they showed this the strip and you know nbc does it right when they they show the city that they're in and they really showcased vegas the fans were everywhere in black and gold whole lot of black and silver the hotel was oh my gosh it was steeler haven 
Hey, let and, me ask you, Brian. Was was the was the stadium as pro Steelers as it looked and sounded on TV? Yes, it was. It really was. Now, granted, if you've heard my story, if you've seen on Twitter, I had a bad experience with a uh, a certain ticket entertainment company that uh, I thought could be trusted. It's a name we all know. And they double sold my ticket and I did not get in the stadium. I found out two hours before I am not going to mention their name, but if you saw me on Twitter, you've, I've, I have done it there, but it was a great experience after the game. I met Steeler fans and they were all revel. Uh, just, they were in complete you know, excitement mode. And I, uh, I had them on the Steelers post game show. If you had a chance to watch it, they were all screaming, waving towels. It was fun. And I had one guy come up to me and I just said, good win. He goes, Hey, you're on the podcast. And I'm like, yeah. So somebody that had no clue that I was going to be out there. saw recognized us from steel curtain network. So that, that felt really good that, you know, Steeler fans, I still don't think they travel well. I think they relocate. I think it's a myth that they travel well. It's like this, KT. If you had a teenage daughter like I do, and Taylor Swift is coming anywhere near your city, she's going to want to go. And you're going to do whatever you can to go out and get those tickets for your daughter. It's like back in the day, man, if Aerosmith or the stones were coming near, you're going to find a way to go. And that's what happens when the Pittsburgh Steelers travel. The fans might be two, three hours away, or they might be 15 minutes away, but they're coming to your town and you go see them. And that's it. So it's not, it's not really travel as much as relocation. And there's a lot of relocation you know, there was an exodus from the Pittsburgh area and the, uh, and that's why there was so much black and gold there, but it was almost reserved. It's funny because the Raiders came out to booze, but the Steelers came out to booze too. No, hardly anybody came out to cheers, but I would say if anything, it was, 65 35 Steelers. As far that's as what, that's fans. about what it looked like visually. You know, again, you can't get a real feel for it when you're watching on television, but visually, when they would when they did those shots where they panned the crowd, it absolutely looked like a majority of of uh of Steeler fans, which was and then and then in as the game progressed and you know the Steelers would make plays, the roar was fantastic. It sounded like a home game, and they asked they asked TJ Watt about that afterwards on Monday night football. And he said, Oh, absolutely. And he, and he said something to the, uh, something along the lines of Steeler nation, you know, it really matters to us. So keep it up. So obviously the players take note of it. Yeah, they, they do. And they love their fans and it's a lot of, a lot of hard work to, for those players and those coaches to deal with Steeler fans. I will tell you that the, we're rough on them and they feel it and they know it, but they do respect the passion and they love the passion. And 
that's what they play for. And that's one of the reasons they come here. And they have, especially as a free agent, you know, it's, it's really interesting, but what a great thing. I had an opportunity to hang out with the phenomenal Hondo Carpenter and Hondo was from Sports Illustrated. He's from Fans First Network's Fans First Sports Network's Steel, excuse me, not Steel City, um, Las Vegas Raiders insider. And he was he was on a show after the game with CBS Sports, and he was explaining, he was like, Wow. He's like, I cannot believe how much the Steelers chance were going in that stadium. All all of their chanting and singing, here we go, Steelers and everything, you know, it was, uh, it's a tough thing for them to deal with. But then he pointed out something. He said, look, the Raiders didn't have to deal with that before because Oakland's not a tourist town. No one's going to be circling Oakland and saying, hey, let's go to Oakland and vacation. And oh, the Steelers are going to be there. But you see Vegas, people got excited. So that's that's one of the things I've learned. It, it is a pretty cool sports town. It's becoming even a better sports town because, you know, the o- the Oakland A's are coming to Vegas. And I saw where the new stadium is going to be. It's real close to the hotel that, that I'm staying in. Uh, on the Strip, the Vegas Golden Knights just won. But this was a great place for the uh, – for the Steelers to play and win. And we always talk, this isn't a West Coast game, Kevin, but did you feel that this kind of being out West is kind of uh, helps with that whole jinx that Mike Tomlin or maybe was Ben Roethlisberger had in playing out in this time zone? Yeah, I, I think that that's a little bit over overplayed. Really? That felt I like a that, I, for me that felt like previous Steelers teams, and and Ben Roethlisberger especially he seemed to to play poorly on the West Coast. Plus, it was a primetime game. That that was the yeah. big thing for me. I think the Steelers are are generally pretty good in primetime, and Kenny Pickett's now five and one in primetime games in his young career. Really? So I, I was not. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all to see the Steelers play well. Well, you know what? I I really thought that. They took all the criticism and they did exactly what Mike Tomlin said they were going to do, especially on a short week. And he said, we're going to work on it. They worked on a lot of things. So when we come back from break, I'm going to ask you specifically what it was that they worked on that was glaring, that paid dividends in this game. Kevin Smith, Brian Anthony Davis, this is... Well, it's still Curtain Network, and it's Here We Go, The Steelers Show. Be right back. (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It sounds like a Robin Thicke song to me, Kevin. <laughs> it really does. Remember Robin Thicke? He's probably playing in Vegas somewhere right now. Yeah, he probably is. I should check that out. Carrot Top's playing tonight. I'm gonna. I think I should go. See, should I go see Carrot Top? Uh, Wayne Newton's to in town. Top. Go see Carrot. Wayne Newton's still alive. I didn't know Wayne Newton was alive. Yeah, Wayne Newton's in town. So is Rich Little. He's 84. Alive, but... Oh well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. You know what? I in uh, just about an hour or so. Carrot Top, no, two hours. Carrot Top's going to be in the same hotel that I'm at. I just go downstairs and buy a ticket. I think I'm going to go do that just for the heck of it. But anyways, I, I don't know why we got off on that, but you could tell that we didn't work on that. We didn't work on that whole shtick there. And we improvised that. But the Steelers had some things that they had to work on that were not going to be improvisational and Kevin I want to ask you what you felt that was glaring that they worked on that really really showed in this game 
Is there anything on both offense and defense that really stands out to you? Well, I think two things on offense. First was Matt Canada's concentrated effort to get Kenny Pickett out of the pocket. I think that Pickett's struggles in the pocket the first two weeks were evident to everyone. He was struggling with coverage recognition and he was just getting hit too much. I mean, he he led the NFL in, in hits taken by a quarterback over the first two weeks. Uh, so, so whether they were designed rollouts or bootlegs off of play action, you saw the Steelers on several occasions get Pickett out of the pocket where the sight lines are a lot cleaner and he just didn't have to process all the clutter in his face. And that paid dividends, you know, especially you think to the, think to the really the game clinching play there at the end when they run Pickett on a design rollout to his left and he completes the ball to Allen Robinson for a first down that essentially runs out the clock. Um, I thought, again, man, I think, I think Canada recognized he needed to call a game that was friendlier to his quarterback and he, and he did so. And the other area where I thought they really worked hard was on their double teams in the run game. The Steelers ran a lot of a play called duo, which is one of my favorite run plays. And, uh, the, the, the whole concept of the duo play is that you're going to leave an unblocked defender for the running back to have to go one-on-one with. But generally speaking, you scheme it so that that unblocked defender is a defensive back, usually a corner. And by, by leaving that corner unblocked, you can stay on an interior double team a lot longer. And, when the Steelers were able to do that against boxes that were friendly to the run, meaning when they were able to do it in situations where the Raiders weren't calling run blitzes or, or, or didn't know the run was coming, they ran the ball effectively. They really had some nice double teams, a couple that I, I noticed uh, right tackle Chooks Okor for and, and right guard James Daniels getting some great movement on a couple. And then on the other side of the ball, Mason Cole and Isaac Sayamalu doing the same so by creating those double teams at the point of attack, they ensured that they got some movement and that allowed the running backs to sort of stick the ball up there inside. And, and they were physical. It was a physical downhill run attack. When, when the Steelers pretty much scrapped their zone scheme, they ran a little bit of inside zone. And inside zone and duo can look a lot alike. You have to really look at the aiming point of the back to distinguish between the two. But when you, when you really focused in on the run game, it was – I don't want to make up a number, but it felt like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 75% duo runs. Uh, and that's just them saying, we're we're going to get physical with our interior linemen and smash the football. And and again, when they got friendly boxes, they were able to do that. One, one more comment about that real quick. The first play of the game, I was really discouraged because there was this, there was this ridiculous statistic coming into the game that when the Steelers get under center, so far in the, over the first two weeks of the season, when they got under center, they ran the ball 92% of the time. And so on the first play of the game, Kenny Pickett got under center. And sure enough, man, here came Vegas' safety coming down out of the sky like a truck on a run blitz. And, and he made contact with Najee Harris about three yards deep in the backfield. And Harris shook him off and managed to make a, a positive run out of it. But right away, I was like, oh, no, here we go, man. Like, if, if I know that the Steelers run the ball 92% of the time when they're under center, I'd bet my house that the Raiders know, and then the Raiders are run blitzing on the first down when Pickett gets under center. So it felt like 
it was going to be like that all night, but it wasn't to Canada's credit credit. It wasn't, they made some adjustments and those adjustments paid off. And the challenge was on Matt Canada to not be so stubborn as to simply say, I'm going to, you know, it's my offense. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm sure the Steelers self scout. And I seriously doubt that Matt Canada is scrolling through Twitter and, and, you know, looking at the comments that are being made about the offense and saying to himself, Oh yeah, I should really, I should really diversify. They, they know they they're aware of their, their own tendencies. Uh, I'd be shocked if they weren't, but, but credit to him for being able to change appropriately without having to overhaul the scheme. It's not like the Steelers completely changed their scheme. They, they still ran their staples. They just managed to do it with some twists on formations or in the passing game pocket movement or with the run game, like we just mentioned, uh, just some of the interior blocking. So, so they still were, it was still to many, in many regards, the Steelers offense we've seen the first two weeks, it was just more effective because of the tweaks that kind of added. You know, Kevin, there's some things that stood out to me, a lot of passion from the, the Pittsburgh Steeler players. And the first play that you mentioned when you started on this whole thing about what stuck out to you was Kenny Pickett rolling out. That was a very beautifully designed play. But how smart was Allen Robinson on that play? Younger guys are going to fight for extra yardage there. And what happens when you do that, especially when you're alone and two defenders are coming at you, what's the big risk? Turnover, a strip. He just went down. He knew he was aware of where he was. It was a veteran move. And sure. And that's, he, he didn't go out of bounds. He didn't, he didn't stop the clock. Uh, that was a really well-designed play. Yeah. The aware, right. And I mean, that's why you have a guy like Allen Robinson because he brings you that, that veteran experience and that, and that situational awareness, but that whole design was excellent because the Steelers had, had lined up like that several times during the game where they, where they come out of the huddle and they get into an empty formation. And then they bring, they did it with Jalen Warren several, several times. They bring the running back from a receiver position in the slot back into the backfield and they hand him the ball. And the reason that they'd been doing that was because they were trying to lighten the box. They didn't want to be outnumbered in the box. So you spread them out and then you, you shift and now you run the football and, and you hopefully you get, you get a friendlier box to run into. And what they did on that last play was, it was Najee Harris spread out. They they come out empty and then they motion Najee Harris into the backfield. But rather than line up as a traditional running back, he actually lined up more towards the line, like an H back. So the Steelers kind of had a double wing formation, but to the Raiders, it probably, once they saw the motion, it probably signaled run to them, even though they didn't really, if they, I think if they'd been able to freeze the frame and look at it, they'd say, Oh, well, Harris is not, lined up like a traditional running back. He can't take a handoff, but it tricked them. It, 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 it showed them a motion that the Steelers had used several times during the game that usually meant run. So the Raiders came with the, the plus one blitz. They brought that safety blitz that they'd been bringing against the run all game, except that this time the Steelers were throwing the ball and they rolled out and they rolled out to their left where Pat Fryermuth was the other wing opposite of Najee Harris so Fryermuth easily picked up the blitz. Here comes the slot blitzer. Fryermuth picks him up. And that slot blitzer is vacating the area into which Robinson ran his quick little outcut. 
So really, it was a brilliant job of the Steelers baiting the Raiders into uh, using their run blitz, knowing where that blitz was going to come from, and then throwing the ball into the voided area. So, you know, again, man, like you talk about the chess match, right? And that's a play that the Steelers had sort of been setting up throughout the game. And then in the game's most crucial moment, they were able to, to find that call and make that call to pick up the game clinching first down. That's the stuff you want to see from an offensive coordinator. That's the high level stuff that really good offensive coordinators are able to do, right? Just sort of set up a defense. And then when you most need it, throw your counter punch. So really nicely done by Canada. Yeah. Great effort by the entire offense. Fantastic effort by the entire defense. I'm going to talk about something that I, it's my own little conspiracy theory. I'm going to wait until after we talk about the defense, but it has to do with that defense and the struggles late in the game. But what did you see on defense that you felt was a total adjustment? Well, I'm, I probably have to really like look at the game again to see the coverages because it's really hard when you're watching in real time to see what they're doing on the back end. You don't get that, that all 22 view. Uh, it looked as though the Steelers were mixing their coverages up. They, they, uh, in the second half, they went to more of a bracket look on uh, Devonta Adams because he, he just was, <laughs> he was unguardable early on. Uh, they were they they were aggressive to the ball with their linebackers, really downhill. It, it felt as though they had a pretty good beat on the run game when the when the Raiders wanted to run the ball. But honestly, I don't know if they made a ton of adjustments so much as they just got to the quarterback. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo just got beat up on Sunday night. He got he was sacked four times. He was hit eight times. The one sack by T.J. Watt bent him over backwards. Awkwardly, he kind of got up gingerly and limped it off. Uh, he, he, now he's in the concussion protocol. I mean, they they battered Garoppolo. And, and while he was excellent throwing the ball to Adams, he wasn't able to really have any kind of a connection with anyone else. So the Steelers were able, with that devastating pass rush of theirs, to keep Garoppolo uncomfortable all night long. And, you know, we see the difference as Steelers fans. The difference in Kenny Pickett in weeks one and two versus Kenny Pickett last uh, Sunday night was very much about protection. He didn't get, he got sacked one time Sunday night. He got hit a couple of times, but it was a far cry from what happened the first two weeks when, as I said earlier, he was hit more than any time, any, any other quarterback in the NFL. And, and when he had time, like he did Sunday night, he looked pretty darn good. And the story with Jimmy Garoppolo was, was the same. The Steelers, really pressured Jimmy Garoppolo into a bunch of mistakes. He threw three interceptions. Two of them were really bad. And a lot of it had to do with all the clutter in his face and him constantly getting knocked down and harassed. So again, man, when you've got TJ Watt on one side and Alex Highsmith on the other, when you can bring in a Nick Herbig and a Marcus Golden, when you can get interior pressure from a Keanu Benton, who was a force last night, you don't have to make a ton of adjustments with everybody else. You know, the adjustments have to come when you're not getting to the quarterback and he's picking you apart because he's got plenty of time. And that wasn't the case. That is absolutely fantastic to hear. Now, those late game struggles that the Steelers had, it seemed like they were falling apart on defense as the Raiders were coming back. But I call it the Brian Anthony Davis primetime conspiracy. 
And that's exactly what it is. In the NFL, I have a primetime conspiracy. Have I ever told you about this before, Kevin? No, but I, I cannot wait to hear it. So All right. Let's hear it. So you subscribe to NFL.com, and every time there's a primetime game going into the fourth quarter, they give you an update to tell you to come and watch it. And the update yesterday was Steelers winning big in Vegas. But that's not going to bring anybody in. What you kind of start to see towards the end of the third quarter, the team that is losing big gets calls to get back into the game. And I think it's all because of ratings. I think it's a conspiracy. And why do I think it's a conspiracy? Because flagging DeMarvin Leal for, you can say that's leverage all you want. That's, I mean, just put his hand down. I don't think he got up off the ground at all. I don't think he got any of an advantage from that. Minka Fitzpatrick getting a roughing call when they would have been off of the field because of a helmet-to-helmet hit. Not roughing. I think it was unnecessary roughness just to keep the Raiders back in the game. It means that I'm not saying that the NFL is favoring the Raiders in any way. They're just favoring the team that's losing because they were able to put another alert out that said close game alert. And it seems like every single week, close game alert, and they get a little help from their friends in stripes. Am I off base here? Well, before I comment on that, tell me, Brian, who killed John F. Kennedy? Ah, whoa. <laughs> I know Lee Harvey Oswald was involved. And uh, Jack Ruby. But who was, else, Brian? Who else was involved? That Oswald was a patsy. Um, uh, was it LBJ? Was LBJ involved? I don't know. I mean, they're the <laughs> Russians. Up on next everybody. week's Here We Go. The Steelers take on the Ravens, and Brian Anthony Davis <laughs> tells you why it was the Cubans who killed Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good show. That would be a good show. <laughs> um, I don't know about your conspiracy theory there, Brian. I am not a conspiracy. I, I, as as a coach, right? A longtime coach. Now, granted, I'm dealing Here with we high go. school. I'm dealing with high school <laughs> referees. Uh, and, and in the NFL, they're dealing with professional referees. So you would like to think that the quality of officiating is much better at the NFL level, but I don't know if it is. I think that it's more an issue of the officials don't really know how to officiate the game anymore. The game has changed so much. The rules have changed so much. And I think that when there, when there's a close call there, especially when it involves the defense, they're taught to throw the flag, uh, especially when it involves the defense and a quarterback, like on the Minka Fitzpatrick. Thing. To call Minka Fitzpatrick's hit unnecessary roughness is an insult to the game of football because, because when I was playing football, when most of the people listening were playing football, I mean, you could take two full steps and put your helmet under the quarterback's chin and then drive him into the ground, and it wasn't considered roughing because they gave you two steps. That was the rule. You get two steps. And then, and you can hit him as hard as you want and pretty much anywhere you want. And now the notion that Micah Fitzpatrick's helmet may have grazed Garoppolo, even though Garoppolo ducked into the hit, right? Uh, and, and that Micah Fitzpatrick hit him predominantly with his shoulder and that Micah Fitzpatrick didn't even wrap him up or take him to the ground and that that draws a flag, to me is more indicative of the state of the game right now than it is a broader conspiracy. 
But to give some credence to what you said, I don't know. Could there be a memo that says, hey, if it's late in the game uh, and you and you know you see something that you feel warrants a flag, don't hesitate to throw the flag if it keeps the game competitive. I mean, I don't think anybody would put that in writing. Could that be a thing? I mean, I don't think so, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be stunning if it was. I am going to hold to it, and I have seen this happen against the Steelers. I've seen this happen for the Steelers. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, who knows? I could very well be wrong. We got enough people keeping stats on everything under the sun. And that would yeah. be an interesting stat to keep, right? Penalties. Well, the stat key. Yeah, there you go. Put, the, put, put, put Dave on it, man. That guy does so much work especially at FFSN behind the scenes that nobody sees. He's one of the hardest working people in show business. All right, Dave, we we got an assignment, Dave. Chart the statistics on penalties uh, against the the team with the lead in the fourth quarter of primetime games. (laughs) I like how you say we. Theory holds water or not. I'm going to ask you, what else in this game was special to you that – makes you think that this could be a nice turning point for the Steelers or did they just beat a bad team? Um, I mean, I don't think the Raiders are great, but the Steelers have now opened the season against the best team in football, in my opinion, the San Francisco 49ers, a Browns team that looks to have one of the best defenses in football and then had to go on the road on a short week all the way out to the West coast to play uh, a game against a a franchise, which in recent history, they haven't had a whole lot of success against. And they did not play by, by any stretch of the imagination, their best football in any of those games. And they're two and one. And that excites me because they traveled to Houston to play a very beatable Texans team this week. And if the Steelers are three and one after the first four games, I think that, that that they should be ecstatic, especially when you consider the mood around this franchise after the opener against San Francisco. I mean, after the opener against San Francisco, there was a lot of talk about, like, forget the playoffs, forget the preseason. This is a bad football team. This is a five-win football team. That That was the narrative after the San Francisco game. And to think that now they're sitting at two and one, and have a very winnable game on Sunday and could be three and one, it feels as though the Steelers are going to get better as the season progresses. And if they can find a way to be three and one after four weeks, I think that sets them up pretty well. You consider how they started two and six last year and then finished seven and two to go nine and eight. If they get off to a more favorable start this year and finish strong again, they got a really good chance to make the playoffs. So for me, that's the most encouraging thing. They haven't played great football yet, but they're two and one. I love it. We got to do a dude of the week, Kevin. I've got a special one and I, I want to hear who you have too. Well, you, you and I, I think are, we, we are, it's, it's a similar vein of thought with, with a slight difference. I, my, my dude of the week uh, is Chris Boswell, who, who just continues to make kicking look so easy. Three for three on field goals, two for two on extra points, banged a kickoff off the crossbar, made a 57-yarder 
that there was no doubt about it. From the moment it left his foot, it was just dead center the entire way with about 10 or 12 yards to spare. That thing would have been good from 65 yards. I mean, he he just, I think, is such an underrated element of, of Pittsburgh's success. And it's not often that I, I give shout-outs to kickers. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of kickers. But I think Chris Boswell is just a treasure for the Steelers. Who do you got? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with a guy that kicks as well. Presley Harvin the third. I love what this man is doing. Was he perfect all night? No. He uh, he had one that wasn't that great in the fourth quarter. But man, when it was time, his last punt, when it was time to boom one, he boomed it. He he hit a couple in the he hit one in the sixties. I think a couple in the fifties. Man, the guy is punting well. And what do they do? After his first game, they go ahead and they're talking to Brad Wing. So I'm going to give Omar Khan and the organization partially some due to the week here because I don't think they had any. Maybe this was Tomlin, but I don't think they had any any ambition whatsoever to go ahead and bring in Brad Wing. I mean, I thought he was retired for years. I, I didn't even know he was still kicking. But that lit a fire under big press. And man, the last two weeks in prime time, the guy looks like a Pro Bowl punter, an all-pro punter right now. If he can channel that and continue doing that, he's going to get a lot more due to the weeks, and he's going to get a lot more accolades. I think the Steelers have their punter. I think this is now three years or so. This is this is, is this our fourth year doing the show? Third, third yeah. year, fourth year, fourth year. This may be the first time that we've uh, we've honored kickers or or people yeah. who kick as our as our as our co dudes of the week. So great job by those guys. We have dudes of the week. We have a Steeler win. They're playing the Houston Texans. Houston Texans had a big win, but do you feel pretty good about going to uh, the Lone Star State and taking on a team that they have not lost to in a long time? I feel if they get to the quarterback, they're going to be fine. I mean, Houston's playing without four out of their five projected starters on the offensive line, uh, or at least the, the projected starters from from the preseason. Uh, but they managed to keep C.J. Stroud nice and clean in Jacksonville, and he was pretty darn good. I mean, he, he's 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 uh, had a couple of good weeks there now for a rookie quarterback, but he hasn't faced a pass rush like the Steelers. So if they get to C.J. Stroud like they got to Jimmy G, it'll be a good week in Houston. What do you think about the Steelers' defensive line versus one man, Kendrick Reed? Well, they know each other. Let's just put it that way, <laughs> you know. And and I'm sure that the Steelers have uh, some familiarity there that they can put to good use. Well, two of the guys, Keanu Benton's new, so he, but still knows him a little bit. And DeMarvin Leal, those youngsters, man, I'm excited about these guys. Yeah, I keep saying Keanu Benton is Stefan Tuit 2.0. Uh, he just his burst off the ball is excellent. His sack on Sunday night was all at the, all at the snap, man. He beat the center off the snap and got skinny and ripped up right through the a gap and Garoppolo on the very didn't next have play. Yeah, he was going to have another one on the very next play and he got held. And he got held, yeah. 
it, there was no way that was not going to be a sack. Well, I tell you what, he's he's a special player. And hats off to Mark. You know what? I got to add a dude of the week. Marcus Golden, what a great pickup. When you can bring a guy off the bench who has multiple double-digit sack seasons and can still play, that's pretty awesome. And and kudos to Marcus Golden for uh, you know taking the role in Pittsburgh and understanding that he's going to be a situational player. So the, they, the depth of that outside linebacker position is awesome. Look at what Arthur Motes did with being a situational linebacker. He made a career out of it. He was not drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, man, he is one of the leading voices in Pittsburgh media right now. It's just absolutely amazing. Situational players that come in halfway through their career, or in this case, uh, later in their career, it, it doesn't matter. If you know your role and play your game and you shine, they are going to love you forever. Marcus Golden, you're a man. I love you. Right on, man. Lot to look forward to right now with the Steelers. All right, it's going to be a great week. Make sure you check out Steel Curtain Network for all your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. Check out last night, another hangover. Check out later on today, The Fix as well. If you haven't had a chance to check out the post-game show, I had a live report from Las Vegas. It was absolutely a lot of fun. Hey, we're doing some really fun things here, and we are everything Steelers all the time. Make sure you continue to check it out. KT, have a great week, my friend. Thanks, Brian. You too. Safe travels getting home. All right. Thanks so much for Kevin Smith. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Here We Go, the Steelers show on Steel Curtain Network, courtesy of the Fans First Network. Keep your feet on the ground, we ask you, and keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.